welcome to worship at Edmonds United Methodist Church. No matter where you are on life's journey, no matter what you believe or doubt, no matter how much or how little you have, no matter your race, gender, or immigration status, and no matter whom you love, you are beloved belong, and are welcome. We say these words every Sunday to remind ourselves that even though the world sometimes places limits on belovedness or worth, God doesn't. So friends, welcome. Good morning, church. My name is Ann Jacob. And my name is Angela Malloy. And we serve on staff together. Uh, many of you know Angela, and if you only met her in the last year, you know that she's a brilliant theologian. And we get to co-preach today, which is what these chairs are about, which you'll find out later in the service. So if that's distracting you, mentally put it aside. Um, we'll invite you today uh, to connect with us through the Connect card. It's a, it's a QR code in the bulletin as well as a physical card in the pews. And we'll invite you to let us know that you're here as well as if you have a prayer request or a prayer concern uh, to let us know through the Connect card. Uh, the pastors read the Connect card weekly and we'd love to know how we can be holding you in prayer. Friends, we invite you to rise in body or spirit for our call to worship. Children of God, welcome. Welcome to this place of love and grace. Welcome to this place of hope and perseverance. God invites all of us to be part of a beloved community. God invites all of us to share in the good news. We are welcome just as we are. We are loved just as we are. In gratitude for all of this, let us worship God. And now friends, as we gather on the ancestral lands of the Coast Salish people, let us reconcile our hearts towards God and one another with the passing of the peace. If you're in the room, I invite you to greet one another with a fist bump or a handshake, something you're both comfortable with. And if you're at home, I invite you to call or text a friend, um, know that you are not alone. Friends in the room, will you turn and wave to our friends at home? Hello. <laughs> the peace of Christ be with you all. And also with you. Peace be with you.
seated. Now is the part of our service where I invite any young people who'd like to come forward for a moment with me. I'm going to ask us this morning to sit right here. Can you come sit here with me? All right. Love that. All right, can we come sit right here on the floor next to Gigi? Gigi needs some friends right here. Yeah, because I want to see your faces. Can you come over here? All right. Hey, guys, you want to come join us? All right, you want to sit? Yeah, stellar. Okay, what about here? Can I see your faces over here? We'll get, we'll get there. All right, ready, guys? Good morning. Good morning. It's so awesome to see you guys today in church. We're going to hear a reading from a psalm. And a lot of psalms are songs. You guys like to sing? Yeah, it's not for everybody. That's okay. Today's psalm is about thanking God. Can you help me use your bodies this morning to thank God? Can we lift our hands up and stretch and thank God? What should we thank God for up here? Light? Sunshine? Oh, thank you, God. Yeah? Love that. Let's all stretch by standing. Will you stand with me? Oh. Should we thank our God for our strong legs? Oh. You bend your knees a little bit. Say, thank you, God. Yeah, very good. Awesome. All right, let's sit. And let's see. <clears throat> Look at our hands and our thumbs. Wow. We're a bit of a mystery, our amazing bodies, huh? Yeah. Can we say thank you, God, for our helping hands? Yeah. And can you stretch your heads with me? Can you put your listening ears all the way down on your shoulder? This is one of my favorite stretches. Oh, so nice. A little bit. Yeah, we got to keep those listening ears out, right? God gave us these amazing bodies, and God made this amazing world for us to enjoy. And today our psalm says, thank you, God. Thank you. So much to be grateful for, right? And say thank you. I want to hear today in Sunday school something you said thank you for this week. Can we pray and then we can share that? All right. Dear God, we say thank you for these young people and for this church that nurtures them and their friends and their families. God, thank you for this world that you made for us. May our hands go out to help other people today 
to continue to build your kingdom among us. Amen. All right, should we go down to Sunday school and keep being thankful? Yeah. Yeah. our scripture text today, we have the psalmist holding up a mirror for us to look in. And they invite us to a space of gratitude for the ways that Yahweh has made us. The theme across the passage is a sense that God knows us and loves us. And the us that God knows is a wonder, a mystery, and breathtakingly wonderful. Let us now listen as Claudia reads the scripture for us. Good morning, church. My name is Claudia Carr. Please rise in body or spirit for the reading of the scripture. The scripture lesson this morning is a reading from Psalm 139, verses 1 to 14, in the inclusive Bible version. Yahweh, you've searched me, and you know me. You know if I am standing or sitting. You read my thoughts from far away. Whether I walk or lie down, you are watching. You are intimate with all of my ways. A word is not even on my tongue, Yahweh, before you know what it is. You hem me in before and behind, shielding me with your hand. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, a height my mind cannot reach. Where could I run from your spirit? 
Where could I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in death, you're already there. I could fly away with wings made of dawn or make my home on the far side of the sea, but even there your hand will guide me, your mighty hand holding me fast. If I say, the darkness will hide me and night will be my only light, even darkness won't be dark to you. The night will shine like the day. Darkness and light are the same to you. You created my inmost being and stitched me together in my mother's womb. For all these mysteries, I thank you. For the wonder of myself, for the wonder of your works, my soul knows it well. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us. Thanks be to God. Please join in singing the hymn of preparation. pray. May the words of our mouths and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable and pleasing to you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. The short version of this sermon is, the message is in the medium. We are embodying the very thing we hope you will take. The Reverend Will Gaffney, Old Testament and womanist scholar, once said, who we are matters when we read. 
Who we are matters when we read. No two people encounter scripture in the same way. Today, Angela and I are co-preaching together, and the gift of co-preaching is that we get to wrestle with perspectives and collaborate and learn together even before we preach it. And we're going to preach today seated, as you've noticed, as a way of raising awareness of the very many disabilities that people live with of the reality that disabilities are sometimes visible and often invisible, and as a way of desensitizing our community to the reality that old people and young people live with disabilities. We hope that this is an invitation to each of you to worship in ways that work for you. This might be standing or sitting during a hymn or scripture reading, playing with your child in the back, listening in the balcony or the narthex, or staying home and worshiping with us online when that's better for your body, mind, spirit. As always, if there's an accommodation that we haven't provided yet, please contact the pastors so that we can tend to it. Now, has there ever been a time in your life where you have looked in the mirror and you have not loved or liked what you saw looking back at you? The giggles tell me yes. I know I have. There are so many ways that society trains us and socializes us to receive messages that limit our sense of self-love. And the part of Psalm 139 we heard read by Claudia today is an antidote to all of those messages. And the part of Psalm 139 we heard read says, no, God knows you and God loves you. Will you turn to a neighbor who maybe you're sitting next to and say, neighbor, you are a mystery. Neighbor, you are a mystery. You might've said that to a spouse and there might've been a giggle. Now, would you turn to a different neighbor and say, and you are a wonder. And And you are are a wonder. (laughs) I exist in a body that is congenitally disabled which means there has never been a time when society would have considered my body or my life within it normal. I quickly learned to listen to my body's cues because if I didn't, I would inevitably cause my body more pain. It's uncomfortable to exist in a body that is different from other people, worried about things that other people seemingly never have to think about trying to do more and produce more to meet society's demands, only to hear body, mind, spirit crying out for relief. The thing is, even in this discomfort, my body knows who I am, and my body is not the problem. I know that my messy, beautiful, ordinary life is loved in all its complexity. The real problem, 
And what is more uncomfortable are the outside forces who tell me that I am not who I know myself to be. Doctors who judge my body when they can't explain how I feel. Well-meaning people who tell me I just need to pray harder to be healed. People who hold up my ordinary existence as inspirational in one breath, only to call me broken and attempt to fix me in the next. My body knows better, and learning to listen carefully to it helps me not just to survive, but to thrive. Would you turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, God loves you and wants you to thrive. Neighbor, God loves you and wants you to thrive. Friends, no matter where we are, we are known by God. No matter how messy and upside down our lives are at the moment, we are loved by God. No matter the physical state of our bodies, we are a wonder, a mystery, and breathtakingly wonderful. With permission, I wanna share one of the stories of our teenagers from the last year. I asked uh, this boy within our community if it was okay, and he said yes, and so here's the story. Last year, one of our teenagers woke up and knew he wasn't a girl. He went downstairs and immediately announced to his family this news, and the next day let me know that there was some important news I needed to know. This beloved trans boy in our community is fearfully and wonderfully known and loved and becoming in all the ways he is, a mystery, known and loved by God. God knows and loves us in our becoming and in our aging. And we are already holy and whole. We are known and beloved in all of our differences and in our difficulties, not in spite of them. Sometimes in our lives, God calls us to love, speak truth, nurture goodness, and we run away. Like Jonah and Elijah, we find reasons to hide and live in spaces of discontent, frustration, and resentment. Sometimes we even hide from ourselves. We carry pain and hurt instead of unpacking what we have gone through or are going through, and we put on a mask. Sometimes we even spur each other on in our grievances. When we live in these spaces of discontent, frustration, and resentment, our hearts are unable to see the good around us. However, sometimes we are not the ones living in the space of discontent, but perhaps we're surrounded by beloveds who live in that space. Out of goodness, we find space in our heart to be sympathetic and to take on someone else's frustrations we might have porous boundaries. Certainly, I'll say, as someone who serves as a pastor, I have to practice my boundaries and putting things aside constantly. And I don't think this is unique. 
If you are in a relationship of any kind, whether it's with a spouse or a neighbor or a friend or a sibling or a child, you are practicing this too. And while we journey with our family members and our friends and those in the community, we have to learn when something is ours and when we are affected and when we are just bearing witness to someone else's experience. It's important for us not to take on someone else's discontent and rather to stay grateful. We live in a society that judges our bodies every day, telling us what we should look like, sound like, how we should act. The capitalism that fuels our systems tells us time and again that we need to accomplish, achieve, and produce in order to be valuable. We learn to listen to our minds and the pressures of our friends and our families, too often ignoring what our bodies share with us. But friends, our body, mind, spirits know who we are. Social media, peer pressure, well-intentioned others may try to tell us otherwise, but we do not need to conform. Deep down, we each know who we are, and our worth does not now and has never relied on the opinions of others. God already loves us as we are, no exceptions and no conditions. If we pay attention, our body, mind, spirits will share this wisdom with you, with all of us. Will you turn to a neighbor and say, neighbor, your body, mind, spirit, wisdom knows. Neighbor, your, your body, body, mind, mind spirit, spirit, wisdom, wisdom knows. knows. Now, maybe body, mind, and spirit is a new term for, for you, and certainly it's a way of integrating the reality that our body, which we live in, the mind, which we often use, and the spirit, which is home to this vessel, are integrated. They're three in one. And so our body, mind, and spirit wisdom already knows. We're in a season of Lent where we've been through a sermon series, feasting on something and fasting from something. Today's theme is fasting from discontent and feasting on gratitude. Now, feasting on gratitude can be a challenge, especially if we're going through a challenging time. However, practicing gratitude can literally change our brains. They enable our brains to be more creative and increase our mental productivity and have a wider attention span. I went down a Google rabbit hole this week trying to find the science behind this, and there was a 2008 study where scientists measured brain activity of people who were thinking and feeling gratitude. What they discovered was that gratitude causes synchronized activation in multiple brain regions and lights up part of the brain's reward pathways and the hypothalamus. In short, gratitude can boost neurotransmitter serotonin and activate the brainstem to produce dopamine, which is our brain's pleasure chemical. So based on the study, it seems that when our brain is flushed with grateful thoughts 
We can expect to improve in every area of our lives. So when we show gratitude, our brains literally change. We can strengthen our moral imagination, we can bolster our capacity to love, and we can transform ordinary opportunities into unexpected blessings. Here are some ways to practice gratitude. First, try to reduce the barrier to practicing gratitude by choosing a method that is right for you. You can create a note on your phone where you write three things that you're grateful for. Or if you're someone who prefers paper, try keeping a daily gratitude journal. If you're someone who likes to talk to people, give gratitude to others. Things like, thank you for your help. If you're someone who prefers listening, listen to daily positive affirmations. And if you're someone who prefers silence, practice gratitude through meditation and stillness. However you do it, add practicing gratitude daily. Notice things, people, ways to be grateful. Actively observe it. And in doing so, practice what the psalmist invites us to do. Say thank you. Thank you for all these mysteries, for the wonder of myself, for the wonder of your works. Friends, your bodies are holy, necessary, amazing in all of their complexity. God made you and loves you and marvels as you continually become. The beauty of the Psalms is their inherent ability to exemplify human desire for connection and community and belonging. They are ancient and they are familiar, allowing the reader to connect not only with the divine, but also with the collective community of those who gather to worship, who stretch back through time. They allow worshipers to channel and express a full range of human emotion and experience, feasting on gratitude for the knowledge that we are wonderfully made and dearly loved in all of our complexity. We hear the psalmist praising the liberating God for all that they do. The psalmist rejoices in the mystery of who we each are, encouraging us to be true to ourselves and to feast in the knowledge that we are created in the image of the divine who loves us each in all of our fullness. Now this isn't about being so introspective that we no longer see anyone else. It's about having self-compassion, esteem, a sense of worth and purpose in the world, aware of ourselves in relation to others. In the words of Aristotle, all friendly feelings towards others are an extension of our feelings towards ourselves. To experience love to the fullest, we have to begin with self-love. Friends, you're a gift. You're a blessing. May we fast from discontent and feast on gratitude. May it be so. Amen. Amen. Thank mm -hmm. you.
Let us pray. Today, creator of the universe, we ask that you help us to accept ourselves without judgment. Help us to accept our minds the way they are, with all our emotions, our hopes and dreams, our personalities, our unique ways of being. Help us to accept ourselves in our complicated fullness, with all our beauty and imperfection. Let our self-love be strong enough to break all the lies we were programmed to believe, all the lies that tell us we are not good enough or strong enough or intelligent enough that we cannot make it. Let the power of our self-love be so strong that we no longer need to live our lives according to other people's opinions. We can live our lives being fully ourselves and not pretending to be someone else, just to be accepted by other people. Oh Lord, we know who and whose we are. You are with us always and everywhere, and we are so very grateful for your love. With the power of your great compassion, help us to enjoy the person we see every time we look in the mirror. Help us to feel such intense self-love that we always enjoy our own presence. You are with us, O oh Lord, in our pain, our discomfort, our suffering, and our grief. Be with those in our community with health and prayer concerns. For Janet, for Marcia's cousin Janet and husband Barry, for Rachel, Christopher, Gay's sister and brother-in-law, for Donna and Bill, Daryl, David and Debbie, for Jim, June, Brianna, Gary, Bob, for Cheryl, Linda, and Captain Carolyn Joe, for David and Deborah, for Howard, Donovan, and George, for Valerie Thayer and Dave Danielson, who have been hospitalized this week. God, Hold closely all of your beloveds who are grieving, including Jeannie, Beth, Laura, and the friends and family of Andrew Hershey. Today, God, is a new beginning. Help us to love ourselves as you do, comforted in the knowledge that we are holy and whole beyond all categories as we are. We pray all this and more in the name of your Son, Jesus, who taught us to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sin as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen.
I invite us into a time of giving, and there are a couple things happening today. One, we invite you to continue giving in part of your pledge, but today is also UMCOR Sunday, and uh, you'll notice that in your bulletin there was a little insert of a little thing that tells you about the special Sundays and an envelope. Um, you're all probably familiar with UMCOR, or at least if you were here last year, you're aware that the church raised like $70,000 to go to humanitarian relief uh, to help those who are displaced and in a war zone in Ukraine. Um, UMCOR stands for the United Methodist Committee on Relief, and it works throughout the world to help address uh, the realities of communities affected by natural disasters as well as human-made disasters like a war or a conflict and 100% of all that you give goes directly to address these circumstances and situations in the world because United Methodist churches around the world give to cover the administrative costs through our apportionments. And so I'll invite you uh, this month, in particular today, but at any point this month to give to Amcor. Um, you can give by scanning the QR code on the little uh, smaller of the two inserts, or you may give a gift and in the memo line write UMCOR if you're writing a check, and know that 100% of all that you give goes directly to help those who are affected by natural disasters or other forms of conflict. Friends, I invite us to give with generous hearts. You can give uh, as the ushers come forward in person. You can give online at edmundsumc.org give or by mailing a gift to the church at 828 Casper Street, Edmonds, Washington, 98020. All of your gifts go to support the ministries of this church.
Let us pray. Loving God, we give you thanks for all of these gifts and for the many ways we give in community with our time and our service, our witness, and our treasure. God, bless these offerings that they may be for this community and the world an offering of your love and hope abundant. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Friends, you may be seated. We have a few announcements for you today. Uh, first, right after this service at 11.30, there will be in the chapel a conversation on what's going on in Palestine uh, from 11.30 a.m. to 1 p.m. And Stan Fowler and Dick Gibson and Cheryl Hay are all a part of leading that. And it'll be a really wonderful opportunity to learn more about what is happening and engage in a conversation about how we might be those who engage in this work. And so I invite you into that conversation at 11.30 in the chapel. Our next announcement is that Holy Week is fast approaching. And every time I say that, I have to like pinch myself and go like, ooh, that is actually true. And so um, April 2nd, two Sundays from now, is Palm Sunday. Uh, worship services will be at 9 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. And then uh, during Holy Week, on Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, and Holy Saturday, which are April 6, 7, and 8, all of the services will be at 7 o'clock in the evening at 7 p.m. for an hour. And then on uh, Holy Saturday, that might go a little longer, but it's meant to be a family-friendly service with lots of skits and stories, and so bring your kids and plan on participating in that service. Um, and then on Easter Sunday, which is April 9, our worship service times shift, particularly for this group of people who show up at this time. It'll be at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. Uh, we make time to clear the entire parking lot between the two services, so know that that's why the time change. Uh, usually Easter is a full service kind of day. 
So we invite you this, this year, if you haven't experienced all or most of Holy Week, we invite you to come and journey with us as we tell the story of Holy Week and all the parts of it that happen. Uh, Pastor Donna and I and David have been thinking through what we wanna share this year, and so we are planning a wonderful treat. So don't miss it, uh, and we hope that it can work in your schedule that you'll be able to come for most, if not all of it. We have two additional announcements, uh, one from Lynn on an aging ser series that starts on Palm Sunday. Good morning, dear church. The Congregational Care Team <clears throat> and Stephen Ministry <clears throat> excuse me, are offering a four-week adult education series called Aging Well with Positivity and Planning. Our caregiving teams work behind the scenes. We have experienced heartbreak in seeing dear congregants slipping into crisis and not knowing where to turn. This has motivated our teams to prepare this series as a set of tools for your toolbox because of the anguish we have seen due to lack of planning. We've seen firsthand the importance of estate planning, being aware of senior housing options such as assisted living or memory care, the importance of taking care of the caregivers, and the importance of perhaps understanding the benefits of hospice care for some. I'll share a poignant example from our congregation. During the pandemic, a dear congregant, who many of you would know, withdrew into isolation. She has no family or relatives, and unbeknownst to us, grew increasingly depressed and frail. After Ron and I were alerted to a potential crisis situation of this congregant, we made a visit to her home. She recognized us right away. We did not recognize her. She was extremely frail. She had lost about 45 pounds. She was obviously suffering from dementia. She was sleeping on a bare mattress, and there was no food in the refrigerator. However, I can now report to you the good news that we were able to intervene in this situation with the help of an elder law attorney who is one of the speakers in our Aging Well series and with the assistance of a senior housing advisor who is also one of the speakers in our series. We were able to facilitate a move from those dire circumstances to a very positive assisted living situation. And yesterday, we took our grandson to visit this person because he had seen her in the former condition as he tried to help with her computer. And I said, I want you to see how lovely it is that sometimes people need to, maybe your grandma and grandpa will need to do this someday. I wanted him to understand this is a good thing, to look forward ahead and plan. <clears throat> I tell you this story because it sort of illustrates the in importance of planning. This congregant, before she slipped into cognitive decline, <clears throat> completed her estate planning, prepared a will, authorized a power of attorney just in case it was needed, and actually left written things saying, if I need to be in a facility, I'm very willing to do that if it's necessary. It was the positive planning during her wellness years before her cognitive decline <clears throat> that has now enabled her to be cared for when she cannot care for herself. <clears throat> 
Now, maybe you're like me, and you think, well, that's nothing like that's ever going to happen to me. Nothing that serious. <laughs> Some of you are laughing. <clears throat> um, well, this person didn't think it would happen to her either, but she planned ahead just in case. <clears throat> As you know, Ron and I are not spring chickens. Anne is, which she noted in the last service. <laughs> I'm 75 and Ron is 81. We have had an appointment with a senior housing advisor. We have discussed with her options for assisted living and memory care for in the future because, as President Kennedy said, the time to repair the roof is when the sun is shining. Sometimes people say they don't want to talk about these things because it's too depressing. My father was such a person. He would never discuss any future plans. <clears throat> and unfortunately, in his mid-80s, he fell, sustained serious head injury, and died very suddenly. I cannot forget the hours that he laid in the bed in ICU, and us, we kids didn't know what to do. Because he had given us no instruction, he had declined to make any planning. So on top of the sudden loss, we now had all the chaos of how to proceed. So therefore, it is with great love and compassion that we have prepared this series for you <clears throat> to offer resources along life's journey, no matter what your age, the first class starts April 2nd, which is Palm Sunday, will be right after the second service. All of the series are after second service on Sundays. There will be a lunch prepared in Wesley Room. Registration isn't required, but it will help us plan lunch for you if you can sign up. And as you're participating, as you're thinking about participating in these classes, we encourage you to remember the secret to planning ahead is to start with the end in mind. Thank you, Lynn. Lynn and the entire congregational care team do a tremendous amount of work every month. You all may not see it, Pastor Donna and I have front row seats to it, but every month hundreds of congregants are impacted by the care and love of their team, and I really hope that all of you make use of this series. I know I'm planning to go on it. That was the joke about the spring chicken in the earlier service. Uh, but really, I hope that we take steps towards knowing what we would like and then to communicate it with loved ones and those who might be there for us caring at the end. And our last announcement is from Erin on the women's retreat. Good morning. I am here to extend a personal invitation to all of you ladies, all of you ladies, and all of your friends and loved ones to join the Women's Retreat. It is the first weekend in May at Warren Beach Camp in Stanwood. I almost forgot that. And we'll be exploring the theme of gratitude through fellowship and fun. Everyone is invited. We have a 12-year-old registered. We have, as Lynn says, some not spring chickens registered. 
And I'm going to have a table after this service to talk with all of you. So stop by and see me. Have a piece of chocolate, because I don't want to take it home. And um, ask me any questions. So I hope you can join us. Thank you. And I think you said this in the last service, Erin. Uh, Anyone who is a woman and identifies as a woman uh, is welcome to join uh, on the retreat. And with that, friends, I invite you to rise in body or spirit for our closing hymn. receive this blessing, go in peace and bear witness to the love of God in this world so that those for whom love is a stranger will find in you good and kind and generous friends. Go in peace to bear witness and serve one another. Amen. <laughs>